welcome back to another edition of the Fired Up Podcast. We've got two uh, pretty good topics that we're fired up about today. But before we get to those, I want to remind everybody, go ahead and go out to our Facebook page, the Fired Up Podcast, and like us. Or go to Twitter and follow us, the Fired Up Podcast. Uh, We do have an email, and now our friend Samantha let me know that I think I mumbled last episode. So the email, if you want to email us, is thefireduppodcast at gmail.com. So go ahead and follow us, like us, go ahead and send us an email with things you're fired up about, and then, uh, you know, we'll take those into consideration. I want thoughts. I want, I Sam want some suggestions. Sam is We've fired some good up ones. about The Bachelorette, if you can imagine Ooh, that. That's tough. Yeah, we don't know about that one. So. That's tough. <laughs> but we do, you know, we like Maybe hearing Maybe we thoughts. can have her in when she's in town for Outside Lands, and she can just do a solo fight. Just a little yeah. Bachelorette. But the problem with that is she could go for two hours. Hey, you know what? The internet's free. The internet's free. <laughs> uh, so if you want to email us, thefireduppodcast at gmail.com. And then, of course, we're on iTunes or SoundCloud if you want to go leave us a review. John, shout out to you. Thanks for trying to leave us a review. But go out there and try it again. All right. So our two topics for today, J.D., Game of Thrones and why the penny needs to go. Ooh, I like Game of Thrones. Oh, we're going to get some Thrones talk, so let's just jump right into it. You know, we're only two episodes in. Did, was episode two better than episode one? Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, because it's so? just, I thought it was as well. Just more consistency, like they moved the plot along. Um, they're conjoining, uh, you know, storylines and stuff like that. So I thought it, it just flowed a lot better. I felt like, and each scene was quality. We got some good little mini speeches, and we got the action at the end, which you know, oh, we'll a talk good about battle scene. Can't go wrong. I mean, any any battle scene where a sna- sand snake dies is a plus Ooh, in my book. And two, yeah, we'll get into that. We'll get into that now. First, every scene I thought, mostly every scene I thought was good. What was your favorite scene of the week? Ooh, scene of the week? It's my girl Arya again. You know, I'm glad to have her back after her two lost seasons. Um, her scene specifically with Hot Pie. Love Hot Pie. It was great to see his big round face again. Um, I know you had some thoughts about her, kind of just her demeanor sitting at the table. Yeah, to me, and I like that scene as well, it seems to me that everybody knows that all the food in the Reach was going to Hot Pie. Right. I mean, like that guy, he is definitely bigger. Um, To me, Arya was just the epitome of the hound. She's just sitting there. She's not looking him in the eye. Uh, She acted exactly like him. Short, quick answers. And as well, Mm -hmm. no explanations, just lots of eating and drinking. Drinking, like I said. She got that one taste of that blackberry wine that kid had last episode. And now she's like, where's the ale? Like, boom, pours a glass for herself slams it in like a second and you know those ales don't taste good that's a nine percent that's a dark stout yeah <laughs> all right that is not light uh so you're right so she went from blackberry wine where she really gave the thiz face it was really like a bitter wine and then like, all oh, of a sudden that's really good maybe the ale is just that much better than the blackberry wine yeah that could be it she's just got a taste for the lagers or she could just be slowly going off the deep end into alcoholism oh now aria she had two scenes the one with hot pie and how'd you feel about the nymeria scene I thought it was good. I didn't know really what to expect. I mean, you see this pack of wolves, you get a little excited for it. Um, we are on the same page that that was Nymeria, right? Because I've heard that there were people thinking like, when she goes, oh, that's not you, girl. People thinking that that actually wasn't Nymeria, which I think is misunderstood to what she's trying to say. She was trying to say that Nymeria's place is not following Arya. It's out leading this wolf pack. I mean, she's not... It's not a domesticated wolf. Now, that's interesting that you read that because I did not read anything like that uh, at all in regards to Arya because somebody had found 
the scene where she and Ned from like season one, uh, and he's talking about becoming a highborn lady, and she's like, "That's not me." Mm-hmm. And so then they're talking about that. That's not you. Doesn't mean that's not Nymeria. It's just that's not who you are. Yeah, yeah. you're not a winner. She's not ghost, right? She's not trained like ghost is. She is. Uh, she's a wild wolf that's got her own pack. That wolf is freaking huge. When she's coming up behind uh, Arya's shoulder, I just thought that that was a great shot uh, of the wolf. Yeah, not the last wolf. You don't think scene so? Of Nymeria. You think that she's coming back? I was wondering oh, if maybe think... she that we would continue to hear stories about her. But you think she's going to keep going? Or she'll be in it at some point It'll, in the future. She'll be in it at some point. I don't know why you bring that scene unless you're going to come back and be like, oh, hey, you know what? Remember Namiria? She has a wolf pack now. Like, just going around. We don't know what they're doing, but. Oh, what if she sees Ed Sheeran with some just fangs in his neck? Just Nymeria goes after Ed and the Lannister Ooh, boys? She'd probably hit the sauce pretty hard. Oh, she would yeah. slug some blackberry wine. Yeah. Okay, so now those are having Arya that was, back. That, that was my scene. Having Arya back in Westeros is just an awesome thing now. It's just so much better. And having Hot Pie being like, oh, you're pretty. And she's like, oh, thank you. I was like, oh, this is so cute. Just stay there, Arya. Like, this is our new spinoff. I was, hoping for, I was hoping for another baked pie that looked like a dire wolf, like he had given her when she first left. Oh, that would have been nice. I thought we were getting I think he was surprised like, when he came out. I don't think he knew that she was there. 100%. 100%. You know, friends don't pay. No, friends do not pay it. Uh, that's a great scene. I think my favorite scene was the one that uh, they kind of led off with, Danny and Varys. Um, I get some. There are a lot of people that maybe don't like Danny's acting, or they think she's, I don't know, she's just not great. Like you don't really like her. Uh-huh. You don't really like her, do you? I'm not a huge Danny fan. What is it about her? I mean, just in that scene where it's like, she kind of has these swings where she goes between like trying to be like super hard ass and like kind of being a little more like forgiving a little softer but man her telling john to just oh come and bend the knee it's like why don't you chill out why don't you just chill out a little bit and you saw it with Tyrion. Tyrion kind of looked at her and was like oh chill out i go on i agree with that but i think that part of that is because let's think about it imagine you're a 15 year old ruler like she's gonna have whims because she can't trust anybody and i think that that's kind of what the Varys whole speech yeah, showed. Was fair right she doesn't know what she's doing she doesn't really know who she can trust and, you know, when she asks him, you know, the question, like, oh, you just flip-flop back and forth. And he goes, you know, incompetence doesn't mean yeah. blind loyalty yeah. or whatever she says. And that was a just a great like, response. A, just fucking perfect. Um, and so I, I, I like that because she doesn't really know what she's doing. I mean, she steals Tyrion's line, Queen of the Ashes, right? And I think that also shows that she's not always thinking for herself. Um, so I thought it was good for her to address that because I think that sometimes, you know, these people— Varys has been switching allegiances and alliances so often. It was good to see somebody question it and for him to say, I don't back anybody yeah, but the realm. Yeah, give a perfectly rational response where it's like, you know, he ran through a little bit of his past, like let her kind of know what time it was with him and, you know, who he works for. It's, if she goes mad queen on everyone, it's like, oh, would she want him supporting her in that sense? It's like, no, of course not. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now... We got a great, two great eunuch speeches this week. We got Varys and we got Grey Worm. Uh, I thought they were both good. Uh, I think you like Varys's. I like Grey Worm's. I didn't mind it. It was a good speech to, to hear that emotion. But let's talk about the eunuch in the room. Ooh. Grey Worm and Missandei, or however you say her name. So beautiful. Missandei? Missandei? Missandei. I think it's Missandei. Yeah, I think it is. How did you feel about that scene as it went on? I know we could talk about how beautiful she is, and it was awesome. But was the scene, did it need to be that long? 
Yes, it did. <laughs> what, are, what are you talking about? I, gosh, I don't know what. I was thinking maybe they could what use a those. silly, silly question. Five minutes for more that fight scenes? or Very enjoyable. As I, was, <laughs> as I was going to rewatch the episode before we did this last night, uh, you know, taking a few notes, getting some thoughts out. Steph comes home right when that scene's on, and I think she probably just thought I was, like, running it back and forth. Like, she's like, oh, have you just been at home watching Masandi naked for the last two hours? It's like, you know what? No, but it's not a bad way to spend five minutes. I know watching it with her, she was like, wow, is this this is still going on? Like, it's like, yeah, you know. I read it. I read something with Natalie Emanuel, who's the actress, and she said something along the lines, like, it's about to show the vulnerability. And I was like, dude, you can totally show that, you know, in the first 30 seconds of you guys being naked and kissing. Yeah. Like, I thought that that was enough. Um, and I will say, for the female viewers, Grey Worm's butt is fantastic. It, uh, like I think I said, JD's exact quote <laughs> was, you can bounce a golden dragon off of it. It was It could perfect. kill somebody. It, oh, my God. He might fight with that. Unbelievable. Now, I was a little disappointed we didn't, you know, why not give us a frontal shot? Do no. you really want that? You weren't a little curious? Yeah, no. Right. No, not at all. I'm editing this part out. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so the Grey Worm Masande, uh, great for to see Natalie Emanuel. And, you know, good for Grey Worm. Good for him. But can we just address, just like Jon Snow, this guy's never been with a woman, and then he just goes downtown and is just... Crushing it. Crushing it. Oh, yeah. She was excited. And you're right. Both of them. How do they know? What's the sex ed protocol with the Unsullied? I would guess if you don't have anything going on down there, like, you got to figure out how to do something. So maybe they just, you know, have a boys club. Maybe they talk it out, figure out what works, what doesn't. You know, the whole thing, the whole story. Good for Grey Worm. Good for Grey Worm. No, absolutely. Okay. Think of his just his progression as a character. It's awesome. He's grown quite a yeah. bit. What a, uh, Jacob Anderson, the actor that plays him, has done an awesome job. Yeah. And I am uh, he's going to he's going off to Lana Sport now, and that's going to be we'll see kind of how far he gets. I've got a feeling that maybe he's not going to make it all the way there based on uh, Euron and his fleet patrolling the narrow seas. So I talked last episode about how Arya got fifty points right in my fantasy Game of Thrones league. Euron this week one hundred and twenty five because you get extra points for killing known characters that have been drafted. And yes, people took sand snakes. Oh. So he got he is. Do they just, lose points for that? I guess you're just you're out of a character. You're, yeah, you're out no, of a, you know, a player. You, you should get penalized for picking a sand snake. Yeah, that's true. Because let's talk about the girl with the whip. Why oh are you bringing a whip to a sword and armor fight? Literally the most annoying thing maybe in the whole show. Like she even whipped him and got him she around got the hand him by the neck. By the neck? I gotta watch and that again. All it does, she gets him by the neck. Neck pulls him in, and he just punches her in the face. Where it's like, wow, good choice of weapon. It's like, hey, can I bring you in to smack me around a little bit? Uh, and then she got him again, like, on the back, where she's like, goddamn slave owner. And it's like, man, any other any other weapon you have, you probably kill him twice there. And why would you why would you use a weapon when then when it latches onto you, he now has a way that he's connected to you? Yeah, like right? to drag like, you around. Like you're gonna oh, can you turn around in a circle so I can unspool you from my whip? Well it was like if you go back to when they killed Tristane in the boat. They're like, Oh, which of us do you want to fight? And he obviously looks at the one with the whip, he's like, Yeah, I'll fight you close quartered with a whip. It's 100%. like you won't even be able to whip me. That was and just then, ridiculous. of course, she just kills him from behind. 
treacherous. I mean, it's just cowardly. R.I.P. Sand Snakes. R.I.P. Sand Snakes. But, you know, it's just so disappointing that so many characters have come from Dorne since Oberyn, and none of them are good. We even got one yeah. last bit of bad writing with that whole, I get the mountain, the mama scene. Oh like, when God. they're just sitting in their hammocks, like, under the ship, it's like, you know what? Thank God they're gone, but you couldn't give me more Grey Worm Masande and then just take out that those words. Yeah. Like, give me a few more seconds of that. I don't care. That was Totally just unnecessary dialogue. Who's a better villain? Your Honor Ramsey. I mean, we have more basis to go off of Ramsey. I would say Ramsey. I mean, just we have more going there. You're on. Hey, he might be. He might be there. The end of the race, but Ramsey just seems more evil, based upon. I don't know the skinny alive. Yeah, maybe Euron's a bit more ambitious. Who knows uh, what he's gonna do? You know, with Yara, and he's got. Uh, ooh, I can't wait. I think that he gets Yara back from Cersei as kind of like a re-gift. She is not going to live uh, a very good rest of her life, but it won't end soon. Kind of uh, like Septa Unella, but not in the rapey sort of way, more of the uh, <laughs> your uncle's going to torture you kind of way. And then, you know, who do we got to welcome back, man? Reek! Reek is back, dude. Now, do, you, do you actually think that Reek is back, or do you think in well, that yeah, moment? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. It's like, so has he survived this? Does another ship come by, or is he just kind of floating out there right now? I would imagine it's something like after the Battle of Blackwater Bay where Davos is just kind of – he floats up onto some rock. I feel like they're not far from sea because they're in the narrow sea. And so I don't think it's as wide – if you look at a map of Westeros, (laughs) yeah, you guys don't have one readily available in front of you. Uh, I don't think that he's so far away from land uh, that it's going to be a problem for him. I mean he's a great character. He's not going anywhere. This won't be his death, Yeah, that yeah. Uh, and Alfie Allen, just so well acted, I felt like, in that scene where he's just like, you can see him twitching back into Reek. Now, Tyrion's war plan, sending the Iron Fleet to Dorne. You know they had to pass Dorne when they left Meereen to go to Dragonstone. I did not know that. I have not been studying my map. But if that's the case, then it's like, you know, I get what you're saying. Why didn't they just pick up the... Uh... The army then? Yeah. Yeah. Why didn't they pick up the army then or figure out the plan? Because there was a great tweet I saw from, or maybe it was on Reddit, where the guy basically said, oh, that's a good idea. We have a larger army, but let's split it into two. Like To me, it doesn't make any sense, and I don't understand why they went to go get Casterly Rock. Like I understand he says in the scene, it has been the seat of the power in the West for decades, and that's fine, but there is no Lannister army right now there, so what are you doing by going and conquering it? Are you taking the will of Cersei? Because she's in King's Landing. She's been there. That's her home now. Yeah. So I didn't understand going to get Lannisport or Castle Cersei, Cersei doesn't care. No. Cersei ja- believes in nothing. Jamie doesn't care either. I feel like he's already shed the Lannister name. So I thought that Tyrion's war plan was just awful. It didn't make any sense to me. I don't care if you have foreigners or not. It's not the peasants are afraid of dragon fire. They probably don't want to starve in a siege either. So why don't you just take King's Landing? Yeah. And I think that that's what Olena meant by be a dragon. When they say in that opening, maybe it's not the opening scene, but whenever her and Danny talk, I think that was the thing. Like, no, you need to go do that. And she didn't. And now she's down half of her army. Get some lookouts on these ships. I know they're in black. I know it's night. But still, why is the why is the person with the two important people, why is that boat first? Yeah. Because that boat that yeah, Euron right? had, oh my god, stabs him under the water and then launches down. And he's just with his crazy laugh. Oh, it was awesome. Did you see they did a behind the scenes thing? Kind of how they shot that? Oh, no. 
It's always so cool. Was it? A, it was a good. I mean, I mean, it's just like for that whole thing, they just built something that came down, like you know, really? had, had a yeah, stunt guy on it, just pop it down. But it's weird because you see them in a studio, just green screens everywhere for like the boat scenes, and the way they make it look so realistic. It's quite impressive. It just shows that a show like this isn't yeah. being made 15 years ago. Uh, let's talk about a few more storylines, and we'll get out of here about Thrones. Cersei, Jamie, and Randall Tarly. Pretty boring. Yeah, but also, why did Tarly turn so fast? <laughs> He's like, he literally says, we're not oathbreakers, we're not schemers. I've known Olena since I was a baby. Yeah. We don't stab our rivals in the back or cut their throats at weddings. Yeah. I can't think of a better warden of the South. And Jamie's oh, like, point. but check out my smile. Yeah. I mean, Nikolaj has a great smile, but that's I thought that was a little strange. Yeah, I mean, it... I'm assuming he's not a stupid person. Where it's like, oh, I could be warden of the south, but we're gonna lose this war. Do you think? Although maybe he gets word of this Euron thing. Do you remember? So in the first scene, Tyrion says we can't have foreigners siege King's Landing because yeah, all the Westerosi talks about right. All the yeah. Westerosi lords will rally behind Cersei. Yeah. Do you think that they said that in the beginning, and then have Tarly just kind of reemphasize the point that people are just scared of the foreigners? Yeah, probably. Kind of reinforcing yeah, yeah. that theme. All right. And then, can a swinging crossbow, because I assume that that crossbow is not stationary, could that really take out a dragon? If the dragon was standing yeah, super still. You need a good shot. I was thinking about that. I was like, the way to kill a dragon is you just got to trap it. With rope. When it lands, like you got to lay a trap, get the dragon down there, and then corner it so it can't fly away, and then you can use a crossbow on it or whatever. Almost in like the Sept of Baylor Ashes, if there's a big pit, you should have something where it flies down and lands. Yeah, and, and you can't it. get out. You try trapping a dragon. Okay, Jamie. It was cool to see Balerion's big-ass head, though. I like. I thought that this episode I liked because we got a lot of flashbacks or things they talked about in the past. Uh, just yeah. talking about Balerion, uh, Randall Tarly brings up Aegon and he's three dragons and stuff like that. Um, Sansa brings up her grandfather getting burned alive back in the day. So I thought that all the, the throwbacks were really yeah. cool. Uh, Sam Jorah was uh, disgusting, but necessary, I guess. Uh, the only thing that it really... Told showed me was that they can do uh, some pretty cool transitions, going from stabbing the grayscale into a hot pie. Yeah, that was good. Uh, but I'm a big fan of picking scabs, so yeah, I, I it's kind of therapeutic just watching that. Yeah, get that scab off. How is that kind of nice? You, oh, that it's look Jorah's nice. given where he's just biting. He's on going that like on. half stun man for a second. Yeah. Well, the other thing that this scene showed me was that last week we were talking about, hey, why did he shoot his hand to get Sam's attention? When in this scene, he's clearly coherent and, and he's just chill. he's just hanging out. Yeah. And in fact, they leave the door open to his cell when they leave. So it's not like he's a danger, but for some reason, he had to shoot his hand out really fast. Bah. All right, let's talk about John and Sansa because that's about all we have left in terms of scenes. I, you know what? I'm sick of John. I think he doesn't want to be a leader, so he includes every northern lord in these meetings and i just think it is counterproductive because the only thing that happens is everybody disagrees yeah and then he still kind of does what he wants every both times i'm the king yeah. my word is final and now i'm going to dragonstone yeah. okay cool so why are you why why is this a q a why is this an open forum oh man that just made me think of so he's talking it's like we have irrefutable proof that there is dragon glass below dragonstone and I was like, is it irrefutable, or did Sam just read one little picture in a book? And it's just like, how do we know it's there? Sorry, that was. I know it's probably going to be there. Yeah, and I mean, there's a reason. Let's just say that's a long journey to make. And there's a reason they call it Dragonstone, for sure. But it is a long journey to make. And, man, that interests me because you notice how in the letter that Tyrion sent him, it did not say bend the knee. 
I did not notice that. Yeah, so that's something Good. that's a little interesting. Like he wanted him, to, he bring him there so they could make a deal. I get that, but if Danny is hell bent on getting that bent knee, we might have uh, we might have some fireworks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, My other note of that scene. Oh yeah. Sansa is just protesting hard and just like, why would you do this? Why would you do this? Well, who's gonna be taking care of Winterfell? Where are you going? He's like, you. He's like, oh, okay, you're cool. That makes sense. Go ahead, you can go. I'm in charge. We. I mean, if it's funny, if Euron doesn't attack uh, the two the boats, we pretty much have queens everywhere. Right? We'd have the queen in the north. We'd have Cersei. We'd have Daenerys. We've got Queen of the Iron Islands. We've got Elia Martell. We got queens all over the place. Uh, and Euron's trying to break up the ladies' club. In Euron's Euron. awesome. Here, he's turned yeah. into. Remember, you were the one before the hating. season started. I was hating. You were you were hating. I mean, he was pretty lame to start. Like well, they turned they turned him into a goth rock it was star. Poorly written. Just now, he's just all the way out there. Well, you give him a sweet boat like that and just that mark axe. It oh, Man. that. Did you see the one weapon where it was the guy? I mean, he killed sand snakes. It's like that's, that's awesome. the way to my heart. Yeah. Did you see the the weapon where the guy? It's not. Um, like knuckles, but it's like spiky, oh God. like a spiky fist, yeah. just cracking the guy in the face. That was yeah. And then she like brought out her whip, and he's like, ah, oh, I can't know. believe. Or or the the one <laughs> sand snake. That was pretty savage. The one sand snake that's guarding her mom, and it's just the littlest one with like a that's six tiny, inch dagger. Tiny little dagger. Probably has poison on it. Yeah, that's true. Those two guys are dying. All right. The only other thing about Game of Thrones, I think, I think we covered most of it. Uh, but what is your any what, predictions? Yeah, or just what's your favorite matchup uh, or meetup that's coming next episode? Because we know John and Danny are going to meet up, and so I don't want to talk too much about that, but any other side little things that you're looking yeah, forward to? Yeah, it's a bummer. We're probably missing uh, John and Arya, because that would probably be number one. John and Tyrion, I'd like to see the reunion. Clearly, they have a little affection for each other. They shared some moments. Yeah, they're you know, both bastards. Bastard. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would say... I'm ready for anything Melisandre related because Davos just wants to kill her so bad. And John even said as much, if I see you again, you know, I'll execute you myself. She'll be like, oh, you came here. Yeah, you came to me. Also, how does Melisandre, she's so bad at predictions that she doesn't, she predicted it was Stannis. Uh, she thought that Shireen, burning Shireen would turn the tide. And how does she know? Hey, go south. How does she just know to go to Dragonstone? Is that just one prediction that finally went right? I don't know. Maybe she's just talking to people on the road, seeing what's going on. I have no idea. The the way communication travels in Game of Thrones is weird because yeah. something like Arya doesn't know that the Boltons don't have Winterfell anymore, but then Melisandre knows that. Yeah, Dan that is was back cool though when she found that out. It I was. really like that. Was I mean, for my favorite scene, it was nice. She's like, "You're lying." It's like, "Why would I lie about that?" And she's just like, "Oh shit." Yeah. John's up there. It's like. Turn the horse around. And I'm drunk. Know, there's no way. She, I'm drunk. I'll make any yeah. decision. She was not going to King's Landing after that, which I thought was awesome. Yeah. But hey, if she gets reunited with Sansa, I think that'll be great. Uh, uh, and we'll get. We'll probably get some of the Hound back because he was missed. I, he was yeah. missed. I, I I missed the Hound. I probably. I assume we won't get the Night King for again for a while, but that's okay. Yeah. Didn't miss Bran. God, I didn't even realize he wasn't in the episode. Really. Yeah. Like I don't care anymore. Cool. All right. Game of Thrones. We're excited for episode three. I'm excited for episode three. Um, I mean, but it's sad. We're almost halfway through once we get through three. <laughs> like, isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's a bummer. Oh. At least I think the last two episodes are like the two longest of the yeah. entire series. They're 70 and 80 minutes. Oh, my Lord. Mini movies. Yeah, it's oh. full on movie. Can't that's wait for that. Great. Can't wait for that viewing party. All right. So our next fired up topic is 
Why the Penny Needs to Go. This one's for Natalie. This one is for Natalie. She came up with that sweet logo we got. And so this is why we take thoughts and ideas. So if you're listening and you got something that you're fired up about, go and send us an email to thefiredupodcast at gmail.com, and we will seriously consider it. Uh, and sometimes it's just to sway people into being fired up. Like I think from everything that we've been going through, if this hasn't bothered you, because you probably haven't thought about it, you're probably going to get a little fired up. Yeah, you're going to get a little fired up. Natalie, I will say, researching this topic, I learned a lot. <laughs> um, so I want to start with a little bit of history of the penny, just because I didn't know that much about the penny when I started. Uh, we got our coins in the Coinage Act of 1792. And that was when we established the U.S. Mint, and we established that we uh, that the dollar became the standard, and that it would be based on decimalization. And I think I just butchered that word. But decimalization. Sounds right. Sounds right. right. It's basically that your currency is one dollar, and that every subunit is a factor of ten. So that's why a hundred cents make a dollar. So we established that in 1792, uh, and that's when we started producing coins and stuff like that. Uh, So 1792 was the penny. And did you know? There were no faces on the penny. I'm sorry. There were no faces on any coins of ours until 1909. I did know that because I just read it in your notes. <laughs> but before that, I had no idea. I the, Actually, the only rule in 1792 was that an image of liberty had to be on the coin. And for most coins, it's the eagle. Ooh, so that's boss. A lot of stuff like before that. 1900 is like all about shit. the eagle. But then, you know who came along? Teddy Roosevelt came along. Our boy Teddy. We're big Teddy Roosevelt fans. He came along, and towards the end of his presidency, he was kind of a lame duck. He knew he was going out, and he wanted to idolize his fellow Republican, Lincoln, uh, Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln, excuse me. And so he commissioned an artist to put Abraham Lincoln on the penny in 1909. He was the first person to be on a coin in the United States of America. It's a good drawing of Lincoln, too. Like, oh, imagine if somebody did it like KD's, like, bust. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, but so that's what I thought was I had no idea that the penny was the first uh, coin to have a president on it, and it was Lincoln. So that was pretty cool. J.D., do you know who was on the nickel, the dime, and the quarter? Ooh, the nickel, I will guess. <laughs> Jesus. Nah, close. George Washington. Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson. Wait, like nickel now? The nickel now. It's oh, Thomas Jefferson. I probably knew that. No, I probably didn't know that. The quarter? The quarter is George Washington. The quarter is the George Washington. The dime is Thomas Jefferson? No, Thomas Jefferson. No, that was on the nickel. Wait. Oh, then I don't know. Who's on the dime? It's FDR. All right, so that's okay. so you got um uh, one out of uh, none of them. Cool. I got the quarter. You did get the quarter, yeah. George. Everybody knows the quarter. You know how much laundry you must have done in San Francisco to know that you've just been Jeez. putting quarters in that machine for long. Just trying to put d- pennies in, just <laughs> not not taking them. So that's the little just lead us in. Yeah, that's yeah. the little history of the penny. Um, so let's go into why the penny needs to go. So there's a few reasons why the penny needs to go. One, we produce it at a loss. It costs one point four cents to produce a penny. And that's based entirely upon the makeup of the penny because it's 97.5% zinc and 2.5% copper. So it all depends. If the price of zinc goes up, then a penny costs us uh, more to produce than it's worth. And that's been going on for years. Uh, and so it costs 1.4 cents. Uh, in fact, Congress actually had to make a law that it's illegal to melt down to coins. To destroy it. Yeah. yeah, because people were melting down coins as a business and then selling the metal. So it costs more than it is produced. Well, I was going to say, I think a lot of people know that. People don't know that the nickel is the same way. The nickel is the same way. And we're going to get into the nickel a little bit. The nickel costs – you know how much the nickel costs? 
to produce? It's like eight cents. It's over nine now. Nine cents. It's almost Ooh. ten cents to produce a nickel. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit later, but the penny costs one point four cents to produce. And fun fact, you know how time is money. Mm-hmm. If you make minimum wage in San Francisco, which is I do not thirteen dollars an hour, you make less. Mm-hmm. It's if it takes you longer than two point seven seconds to pick up a penny, it's not worth it. I mean, it's who's not, picking who's picking up pennies? Not anymore. I don't even look at the Especially ground. Especially in San Francisco, it's not even about how much you make. It's about how disgustingly dirty the ground is. So if you see a penny on the ground, it's probably in some Jora pus or oh. some other garbage. Oh. You're not you're not picking that up. God, I, I would, we've seen dollar bills where it's like, oh, you want to pick up that dollar bill? It's like, oh no, that looks disgusting. Like let's just move along. A hundred percent. San Francisco, maybe it's cleaner, you know, in the suburbs or something like that. But I'm definitely, I will actually pass pennies now. You know, will you pass a nickel? I don't think you're stopping to pick up a nickel. Uh, probably not. Yeah. And dimes are too hard to pick up off the ground. They've got too small. You know, yeah. <laughs> but quarter, I'll go after the quarter. I'll get a quarter. That's nice. So the you reason know, that gets you like six minutes in the in the meter. Oh, they just lowered ours to five. So that penny needs to go. We produce it at a loss. Two, there's limited use. JD, you have a coin drawer at home. I do. What do you do with your extra pennies, actually? Is it just... I throw them... I mean, I usually throw everything... I just bite the uh, the fee and put it in a coin star every now and then. You don't do the... I uh, mean, I take out my quarters for laundry, but, you know, nickels, dimes, pennies, just throw it in the coin star. And you know what? All the pennies would probably pay some of the fee, whatever it is. I, uh, I did that recently. I had 800 pennies. It's only $8, and they weighed the most. It's they, The limited use of the penny is what's also frustrating because they are not taken at vending machines... At most toll booths, and also they don't just nobody takes them. You in can't bulk. even real yeah. You can't really pay people unless it's like a joke and people are just like oh. Our it's friend, like to be an asshole like that's how you use pennies. Speaking of an asshole, our friend Chris Ewing, in college, decided he was going to collect pennies to pay for a keg at the end of the year. And I really thought <laughs> this is a great idea, Chris. Oh, that is such a Chris Ewing thing. To I do. think they were at the bank for something like three hours. Pouring dime, or I'm sorry, pouring pennies out of a Carlo Rossi jug, and then having the bank teller have to sift through them and put them in the coin machine just to get eighty dollars to then go buy a keg. Back sorry. to the value of time. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so they have production at a loss. They have limited use, and this stat's my favorite. There has never been a coin in circulation worth as little as the penny is now. When I say that, what I mean is uh, the United worldwide, States, in the states, or just in the states, in the okay. states. The U.S. used to have a half-cent coin, and that was introduced in 1792. And in 1857, they discontinued it. And at the time they discontinued it, the half-cent today would be worth 11 cents. And yet we have the nickel, the dime, and the penny all worth less than that now still in circulation. It is the worst coin that you can have now. There are a few – you know, I was doing some Google. You can go on the Wikipedia page, and you can find the penny debate. There are reasons why people want to keep it around. Uh, the Americans for common sense. It is not only just – this isn't some big lobbyist. Ooh, it's wait, wait, wait. What is it? Lobbyist. The Americans for common sense? The AFCC. That is a fire name, though. <laughs> that is a fantastic name. When the penny's actually gone, are you going ta- to try and take that, that oh, name? Oh, my lord. That just has to get like shifted over to Nichols, right? Yes, Good. 100%. Because uh, we can't the, lose that name. No, no, no. It's no, too no. clever. No, no. It's Sorry, too go good. on. Uh, the zinc lobbies, the American for common sense. Th- look, zinc makes up 97.5% of the penny. So the zinc lobbies are basically there. They run surveys, and every so often they'll get one back saying, yeah, people love the penny. And you know what? If you just ask me, hey, do you mind the penny? I'm like, no. I don't care. But 
hey, do you want to eliminate the penny? Yeah, if you spell out the details of like, wow, it's wasting money. It's wasting taxpayer money. It is literally wasting money that we are giving to the government. So it makes no sense. So the lobbyists say, no, people really want it. But the second reason they want it is because Raymond Lombra, who did a study back in 2000, economist, excuse me, who discovered that there would be a rounding tax. Because this is what Canada did. They got rid of their uh, their loony or their toony or whatever the one center is. And what they did is that any transaction that ends in a one, a two, a six, or a seven gets round down. And an eight or a nine or a three and a four get rounded up. It, and this is only cash transactions, credit cards and stuff. All that stuff doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Raymond Lombard conducted a test where he got a price book of a convenience store in the eastern state. And the price book just lists all the different items and what they cost. And what he did was he simulated 5,000 consumer transactions where that person was buying between one and three items. Okay, that's fine. Until you realize, you know, and he found out that there would be a rounding tax. Like basically 60 to 80% of all transactions would then be rounding up, costing us consumers hundreds of million dollars a year. So you think, oh my gosh, okay, I don't, I don't want to get rid of the penny. That's inflation. Yeah, I don't, I don't want anything to do with that. But when you look deeper into the study, what you find is that, one, 80% of all items end in a nine. Mm-hmm. We, we know that. Yeah. 199, 299, 399. He didn't apply sales tax. Ugh. And it was only one to three items. So think about that. If 80% of the items end in a nine, anytime it's one or two items, it's going to be an eight or a nine. Mm-hmm. So the, the math doesn't correlate at all. So that was the study they went off of for seven years. Can I speak for all Americans? Yes. Beep. Raymond Lombra. That's what I'm talking about. Or now, was it the lobbyists? No. Beep. Raymond Lombra. There we go. There we go. JD's fired up now. 2007. Thanks, Natalie. Right. Yeah, right. You got him. His blood pressure too high. I can't wait high. till I meet somebody and like, oh, what do you do? It's like, ooh, I work for the uh, Americans for Common Sense. I'll be like, oh, you know what? That's a real cl- clever name. Beep. You. <laughs> Man, JD's fired up. up now. I like Three it. F words in like a span of a minute. Don't worry. It's parental advisory it on iTunes. Uh, <laughs> Robert Waples, yes, that's his real name, did a study in 2007 where what he did, he actually got 200,000 actual transactions from a mid-sized, mid-sized convenience stores in you know, on the East Coast. So 200,000 real transactions. Makes more sense. Yeah. <laughs> sense. Oh. So many jokes, so many puns. You know what he found? It's the opposite. Negligible. We would make money. Now, really? it's a 40th of a cent on every transaction. Yeah, yeah. But over what he did, he said that everybody, because you're buying multiple, multiple items and the sales tax is different in every state, it's negligible. It's going to even out over time. You know, you know where, well, there's one biggest loser if you have to round up. Raymond Lombra. Raymond Lombra and anybody buying something for 99 cents with a dollar bill. Those are the people yeah, that are skewing losing all of the set. numbers because yeah, you're losing a wow. cent. But then also think about a 99 cents. Think about something that has sales tax. If you have 7% sales tax, now it's 106, and you round down and you save a penny. Yep. Uh, so the stats have come out 10 years ago. Robert Waples says we need to get rid of the penny because we would actually – we don't need it. The rounding tax would not happen. We There would be a little inflation of stores adjusting numbers trying to get the best number for themselves. But that would just correct itself. If you look at this, some of the studies that they've done on Canada in the last five years, uh, the government is saving money because they're doing less transactions. And they're saving time because people aren't counting out pennies at the store and stuff like that. And pretty soon we're going to be electronic anyway. I mean, that's yeah. just, right? It's not yeah. going to matter. But that's something – that's the counterpoint is that that study in 2007, uh, it says the opposite. What a world, man. The, 
that is somebody's job. And you know what the worst part is for not not Raymond? Who's the other guy's name? Uh, Robert Waples. Robert Waples. What a bummer. Like, he puts all this time, this energy, crunching the number, and he's like, hey, you know, we wouldn't lose money. Like, this would actually be better. And then everyone's just like, uh, we don't care. And it's like, oh, is it the zinc lobby? Is it the zinc lobby that's getting you? And they're like, yes. It's 100% the zinc lobby because you can go out and Google right now. And I'm on, on our Facebook post. I'll link the two studies as well. But you can Google. There's a million different articles about this exact thing because everybody knows it needs to happen. In Canada, it's already great. In Canada, they're already talking about eliminating the nickel. Like, they're getting to that point already. Most people do think that the United States will phase out the penny by, like, 2026. I know. I read that Obama wanted to do it. Really? So it was, yeah. It was like, you know, it's probably nothing that's on his, like, the forefront of his legislation. But he probably read something. He's like, oh, wow. We could save money doing this. Man, Trump probably loves the penny. Yeah, sure. I bet he's never even carried a penny for the last 30 years of his life. He doesn't carry change. Yeah. Are you kidding me? He just throws it at Baron. Ah. So that's the point. So yeah, I mean, it's nonsensical, right? It, we produce it at a loss. It doesn't do anything. I'm literally looking at a jar of pennies that I have. It's just pennies. They take up space. And I'm going to hurt my back lugging it to a coin star. Yeah. It's not worth my time. They got to go. So that's what we got. We got fake studies. We got lobbyists on this stuff. The penny needs to go. I'm just thinking like we could lobby Congress to get rid of the penny but they already have the Americans for Common Sense name, and that's pretty much we're ruined by that. It's such a good name, yeah. and it's like, oh, does this make sense? And then you realize what they're talking yep. about, and you're like, oh, wait, that doesn't make any oh, sense. C-E-N-T-S. Ah, oh, brilliant. The only other thing that I liked about doing this research was I found that I think that we need to move to a dollar coin. I actually looked at that, too, just when I was giving my quick research, because that would save money, too, over paper, paper dollars, right? It would save almost... Uh, 500 million or something like that because the paper dollar has a lifespan of right now of 70 months which is about f- almost six years hmm. the coin would have a life cycle of like 30 years it I'm costs a, it's even not longer than that it costs a little bit more to produce like 33 cents to five cents yeah but the time the time and what you're carrying and think it's about all the fun like euros dude euros were cool yeah even canada's got the coin i think coins would be easier to lose Especially when you're an idiot like me sometimes. Like, you get some coins, and probably easier to spend, too. Especially until you get acclimated. Although, you know, we got those Sacagaweas. Yeah, we do. And I'm just thinking about the coins, but you're right. Going to Europe or going to someplace that has a dollar coin, uh, you do notice that you do spend money because you're like, oh, yeah, I got a couple of these ones yeah, before like you know. Beer. It's, like, it's like, oh, here's four coins. That's easy. Yeah, that's a dollar, right? Yeah. Oh, wait, no, it's like, $4. Actually, it's, and then actually, it's $5 American. Ugh. So I'm fired up. We need to get rid of the penny. I'm trying to think of a new name, new lobby group that we could have, like American Nonsense. Ooh. Just get get rid of the coins altogether. Damn, that plays on a couple levels, and I like that. I'm going to have to go get that. Trademark that. I'm going to have to go get that URL. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, that's what we got about pennies. If anything, let's just make the zinc lobby pay us to go away. Ooh. They'll just pay us in pennies. (laughs) Just really pwn us. Oh, you can't do anything with these. All right, that's our little spiel on pennies. They need to go. So does the nickel. So does paper dollars. uh, But those need to go. Well, thank you for listening. One last time, I'll tell you, go out and like our Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter. Leave us a review on iTunes. And if you've got any things that you're fired up about, send us an email at thefiredupodcast at gmail.com. Thanks, everybody.